Welcome back to the one and only dog pod, guys. It's week 13 in the Huskies 2019 campaign. BT Law Dog and Mitch here in the friendly confines of dog pod headquarters. All back together. It's been a while. BT, what are you doing here? We actually launched an impeachment inquiry against you last week, <laughs> and we removed you from host duties. Vote. Quid, quid pro quo. It was, it was vo- <laughs> vote oddly one to two. Ah, good. <laughs> Shocker. I'm out. I'm out. These are my toys and I'll take them home. That's what happens when you have the podcast recorder is that like they have to keep inviting back. You guys did a pretty good job. I enjoyed it. Pretty good? Yeah. <laughs> Mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. All right. All right, guys. So look, we're on the road this week um, to, to Kevin DeBoulder this week, 7 p.m. on ESPN, coming off a bye. And before that, a defensive gem in our 19 to 7 win at Corvallis. Law Dog was there in person. We'll hear about it. The Dogs, six and four. Three and four in the Pac-12 and unranked. Sure, we're bowl eligible, but the dogs need these two wins if we hope to salvage any semblance of momentum coming into 2020. We got to get into it, guys. But before we talk about the CU game, Tuttle, give me the cliff notes, buddy. You went down to Corvallis. Well, just because it's the Beaver State BT doesn't mean that if I can't get in my car and drive, I'm going to go to a Husky game. And so we went down there. I mean, it was a shootout early. Am I right? <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> Mark Exciting. Oh, yeah. Like crazy. All right. Well, neither team really got a going. A lot of third down drama. <laughs> yeah. Neither team got going offensively, really. But UW does break the ice with a 47-yard field goal from Peyton Henry. Really nice kick there with room to spare. It was 3 nothing early. But the teams were just trading a lot of punts here. And when... Washington got it back with 9.51 left in the first half. Jacob Eason throws up that hospital ball to Jordan Chin. It gets picked off. But the death row defense was the story. Three and out over and over again. Three times in the first half. They got one here. The Huskies get it back with 5.29 left at their own 30-yard line. They converted that short fourth and one uh, with Eason up the middle. And then they found Hunter Bryant for what looked like it was going to be a streaking 61-yard touchdown. Called back on a holding on Aaron Fuller. They do eventually get it down there and punch it in with an Ahmed touchdown, and it was 10 nothing. So Oregon State, you know, trying to maybe get something going at the end of the half. They throw that pick to Elijah Molden. Just the second interception from, from Luton this year. Huskies had a chance to add to their lead with just 34 seconds left, but they missed a field goal as time expired. So they're up 10 nothing at half, guys. Then first drive of the second half, the Huskies take it. And, I mean, if you've heard this story before, six minutes off the clock, just running it down. But they eventually get a holding penalty and a delay of game on that first try. So they end up having to settle for a Peyton Henry field goal again. He's called upon to kick it, and he misses it, but he gets bailed out by the defensive holding. It's 13-0. And then the Beavers, guys, they get the ball back. They had five possessions in the second half. Every single one was three and out. Wow. death row defense. So the Beavers just can't get anything going. Huskies. Do, though, give him a break when Easton goes for that sideline out across the field, gets, throws yep. up that pick six to make it 13-7, and it's getting at the end of the third here, and it's actually, you're kind of nervous, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. So at the end of the third, UW finally forces another three and out, and Easton just hands it off to Salvan Ahmed on that just yep. kind of, you know, here you go, 60-yard touchdown to break it open, 19-7. They missed the two-pointer. And then Peyton Henry comes back and misses that second kick um, that might have put it away a little bit more with seven and a half to go in the game. But the Beavers gave it right back three and out, and, the, and Washington just salted away with a 41-yard, five-and-a-half-minute run down to close it out. It was a win, guys, but an 
ugly one yeah in the burrito <laughs> yeah absolutely and you know it was great to see savon rip one finally right like real not finally them. i mean he's had several no, but like big that here, that man. has that was a huge that's, run that's what they needed yeah that's what they needed right so that was pretty awesome and then we we're all i think kind of waiting for the defense to do that oh yeah this year and it finally came around, and so let's hope they can build upon that, which we'll talk about in a little bit here against Colorado. But uh, some real positive signs there. We were talking a little bit about the about this uh, before we started getting on the air. Feels a little reminiscent from 2015. Hopefully they're getting some momentum, picking it up. They've certainly underachieved so far this year. So hopefully they can build on what we saw, certainly from a defensive side. But the thing I want to say about them is like, they're, so we blanked the Oregon State offense, which normally you'd go, eh, but... Guys, they put up 35 against Arizona State. They put up 56 against Arizona, right? Yeah. They put up 48 against UCLA. Yeah. I mean, look at this. The offense has not been the problem with Oregon State. And this was a good in a road game, we shut them down. This is a different Beaver team that we've seen in years past. I think they were certainly on the come. Um, and, you know, there was uh, some real interesting interviews with, like, John Canzano um, and, and some other um, writers from the Oregonian. And they were saying, this is kind of the year that the Beavs could really rise up and, and get yep. the dogs and, you know, give them credit. Where they, they almost did. They almost did. But, you know, the Huskies had enough metal to keep them kind of at bay and, and close it out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, o- overall, so tell me about the atmosphere. What's it like for road fans down so, in Corvallis? You know, it, you kind of forget, but we've just had our way with the Beavers so much over the years. They really don't like us very much, you know. And and it's not like they're it's not like they're duck fans and they're totally classless. But I mean, you know, they they definitely have it out for Washington. They want to beat them. Every little play that got a little momentum, the stadium kind of rose up a little bit. But they just couldn't get anything sustained and keep it going in that game and so the crowd was really out of it and it was i mean frankly it it it, it was the best break washington could have hoped for because that that crowd was desperate to get involved that's right and it just couldn't get them in yeah so big game this weekend between oregon state and wazoo we're going to get into it at the end of the show um but let's talk about this week guys Big one for the Dogs. It's the 19th meeting of Colorado and Washington. The Dogs own a 12 to 5 advantage and a nine game win streak. And guys, these ones haven't been close. Look back. We've played seven times this decade. The Dogs have won by 28, 25, 52, 15, 31 in the Pac 12 championship, 27 and 14 last year. That's the closest it was. The Dogs are a 14 and a half point favorite. The over under is 52 and a half. So Vegas wants this thing. 34 Dogs, 19 buffs, something like that. Let's get into the units and the head-to-heads, okay? So, Law Dog, what do you think about that Husky offense, man? If you saw that game, the last game that we played, I think you're a little bit concerned, but what do you expect to see out of this Husky offense when they're on the field against that Colorado D? Well, I mean, this is a Colorado D that just has not recovered from their heavy losses in 2016. That 2016 team that they rode their defense all the way to the Pac-12 championship game, they just don't look the way that team used to look and and they've tried different things junior college transfers whatnot but i mean let's face it they gave up 30 points in every single game this season except for last week against stanford i mean that uh, that shocked me but but the huskies really need i think to flex their muscles in this game like we looked at oregon state last uh two weeks ago now and, and looked at it and go hey uh, if we can't do it against these guys, when can we do when it? When can we do it? Well, yeah. we didn't really, we didn't really do, do it, it last yeah. week, so now I'm going to repeat the question. If we can't do it this week against the Colorado Buffaloes team that's given up 30 points in every game except the last one, 
I'm concerned about this offense. Not that there's yeah. that much runway left to be worried about, but um, but this is definitely an offense, I think, that has had some issues. And I think we've got a couple of years of data on Bush Hamden now, guys, and I pulled some numbers here. Against the Power Five, this is Pac-12 conference games plus Auburn and Ohio State last year as offensive coordinator. Last year in 2018, the Huskies scored against the Power Five and uh, – in conference games and uh, bowl games and out of conference against Auburn, 22.25 points per game. Hmm. This season, that is up to 27 points per game. Hmm. Uh, but it's really buoyed by that 51 that we scored against Arizona, which is yeah. a high mark in in either year. Overall, Bush Hamden in that's, I believe, 19 games as offensive coordinator, 24 points a game. So it's not going to cut it. Yeah, I mean, just long term, I think we have to look and say, hey, is are we getting what we need out of this coaching staff? Because there's a variety of players that have been through the program. We've had two different quarterbacks through that time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking at it and going, this is a big. Bush Hamden is in a contract year in my mind, whether he is or not. I mean, he's coaching for his life right now. I think because there, we know that changes are going to have to be made after this season in some form or another. You just disappointed so much this season. Is it going to be Bush? Is it going to be somewhere else? Is it going to be worth changing the offense? But something's got to be done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one where Peterson's got to take some accountability and make some moves, right? And and do something different because, gosh, it feels like Hamden's kind of like the engineer who designed the MCAS system for Boeing, right? Like the nose just keeps going down. Right, like, right, right, right. Let's right, just right. try something different here, guys. <laughs> You're really not helping out with the uh, UW guys or dorks. <laughs> Matra. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I, I look at this uh, and I go, Bush Hamden, you know, you've had a week to prepare for this game now, and yeah. you're going up against a defense that's given up. You got it, yeah. Points. Come on. This, we've got to be able to put up some points in this game. And, yeah. you, and not only that, you got Richard Newton back healthy after a week. I, I'm assuming we're going to see Sean McGrew because we haven't heard too yep, much about that. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Now, Puka, um, is obviously still out, but they've definitely you know opened up the game at receiver. We've seen a lot more Jordan Chin and Marky Spiker, and Bynum has actually led the team on. in catches yeah. in these last few weeks. So, you know, you got a lot of weapons at your disposal. I think it's time for us to see what they can do because, you know, you got an Apple Cup coming up six days after this game where you got to fly home in a late night, and you got to get ready for your rivals who are going to come in with guns blazing, their ears pinned back. They want to get you. These two games, you got to show us that there's hope for the future, like 2015, like right. we're talking about, Mitch, right. those last yeah. three games. Yeah. The, the Huskies rode that momentum into the following season. And we're not talking about going to the playoff next year right? necessarily, but just show us the future. Show us yeah. what it's going to look like. Because if I'm not seeing it, uh, then I'm thinking changes are really going to be necessary. Yeah, this is a big one. There were 14.5-point uh, favorites for a reason. Uh, but we're going to have to slow down that Colorado offense as well and build on the momentum that we have to Oregon State. Should we talk a little bit about that Colorado D and RO? Or excuse me, that, yeah, or excuse me, the Colorado offense and our defense. Let's talk a little bit about that. So Colorado offense, um, they're led by Jay Johnson. You know, we, as we know, Mel Tucker's a defensive guy, so he's, he really mm-hmm. is ceding it to his, his offensive coordinator. They like RPOs. They like zone reads. They throw quick slants out of the shotgun, mostly single back, like three-ride receiver and an H-back who's the tight end. Um, all up stats before I pass it over to Mitch to hear about um, what we're going to do against the pass game. So you puts up 24.7 a game, ninth in the Pac-12, right? But this is what drives me nuts. They're above 
two teams that we've lost to and one team we haven't played. Right. So let's 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 just let's not cheer quite yet, right? Um, almost perfectly balanced. Like forty nine point, or excuse me, fifty point five percent rush, fifty or forty nine point five percent pass. But they've been much more successful relatively um, on the ground than ever through the past. One one bad stat: point three three one points per play. That's good enough for ninety first na- nationally. So this one's going to be tough, guys. Let's break it up, man. Mitch, we all know they have at least one major wa- uh, weapon at wide receiver. Talk to me about what you think about our death row secondary against that CU air attack. Right. So, like you mentioned, it all goes around LaVisca Chenault, right? Like, he's their playmaker. He's the alpha on this team. Yep. He's getting the ball, right? right? If it's anywhere close, if it's a it's a, a critical um, um, conversion that they have to make, you know, that's where the attention's going to be. And if you look at the, that Stanford game that they won 16-13 to 13, uh, last week, he had eight receptions for 91 yards. Um, along a 29. He's their big play guy. He only had one carry, but he has been banged up, right? So um, they lost to UCLA the week before, mm-hmm. and he was really on the sidelines a bunch um, through that game. But l- let's be clear. The offense runs through him. So the question will be, is you know how do they contain him are they sound on their fundamentals when they go to tackle him because he's a big uh, yak guy right um he'll run through arm tackles for sure um so it'll be really interesting and then the other guys tony brown Mm -hmm. pretty decent receiver right um last week he only had three receptions for 32 yards um but he's a guy that you can't sleep on um you know if you look at the official two deeps out um, for uh, for the dog secondary, um, you know, Asia Turner is kind of locked down that um, safety spot. Miles um, Bryant, uh, Keith Taylor. I thought it was interesting to also see that Trent McDuffie was listed as an or with Kyler Gordon. I mm-hmm. thought Trent has really done a good job of solidifying oh, yeah. that uh, that position. He's been honestly, he's been pretty fantastic this year, right? I think he's really come on where I think Gordon's um, really struggled at times. Um, but then you've got Molden too, who's been kind of the rock, right? Uh, of this as, as well as Miles Bryant, of course. So, you know, we'll see what these guys can do. Can they turn Montez over, right? Like that's the other thing. Like Montez loves to throw the ball around, um, you know, a lot of times off his back foot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can shut down Chenault and, um, you know, kind of get those picks when they need to. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I see them getting that this done this weekend. Um, and they've been coming on, um, like we mentioned, against the Beavs. Hopefully they can continue that. And I do expect that in this particular game. Mm-hmm. Now, against the Cougs, I don't know. Not Don't look ahead, Mitch. But absolutely for this game, they should take care of business. <laughs> well, here's the case for Colorado. They're playing at altitude. It's senior night for Montez. It's LaVisca Chenault's last game everybody probably yeah, that's right. right right you're gonna be have a week because it's colorado it's gonna be weird weather who knows it might snow um this game could get funky i think especially when the teams don't have a ton to play for colorado's yeah. not playing for much I, I mean they are i guess four and six playing for a bowl game but they're staring up at washington and utah in these last two yeah, utah last game. so uh you know the huskies you know they're probably locked into a middle tier bowl. Maybe you get them on a road game where they look a little sleepy, like uh, like against Stanford. That's the case for Colorado. However, I have just put a lot of faith in these coach in these coaches over the last few years, and I think they've earned that. And I we have come out and won games like this, where it doesn't necessarily you don't necessarily want to be out there in the freezing cold at five thousand feet in late November. But you just do what you've got to do to get it done and get out of there with the win. So that's what I'm hoping for. The only other thing I'll add on to that is which 
uh, Stevie Montez do you get, man? Yeah. He's so Jekyll and Hyde. At his best, he looks like a top three quarterback in the conference, and his worst, he looks like a bottom three. You know, I mean, it just depends on who, you're, who which one of these guys you're going to get. Um, let's talk about stopping the run a little bit, man. I mean, the Achilles Hill of this defense has been stopping the run and keeping their short stuff short, right? On these mm-hmm. third and two at Stanford, and they're going for nine, 10, 11 yards, which is just absurd. Um, Alex Fontenot, man, six foot, 195 pound running back. I think last year there was a ton of questions about what Colorado is going to have, and he's been the answer. He's averaging 80 yards a game, 4.9 yards a carry. Uh, he has 23 receptions on the year, so under two and a half per game. But you know, so he can catch the ball. They don't give it to him much. Uh, they also bring in Jaron Magum as needed. He sees about 10 touches a game, so they do have a second option. It's interesting because if you look at their offense and what Mel Tucker's trying to put in with Jay Johnson, like they want an SEC offense, but I don't know if they really have the the people to get it done right to just grind it out. Um, the guys up front, in my opinion, have played pretty well, man. Look at Levi and Wazirike, 13 tackles against Utah and Oregon. Josiah Bronson, man, he's just been living in the backfield lately. And he has moved up the depth chart. Oh, he's moved up yeah. the depth chart and deserved it. I expect to see Thule as well, Latula Gasanoa, um, and Benning Patuai, obviously. I mean, he probably seen less of him than we thought this year, but he's playing quite well. Breakout player, man. How about Edifuano um, Ofosio, man? Eddie. <laughs> Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, man. Yeah. Nine tackles and a sack, a sack and a half. Um, I think we need Joe Tryon and Ro- uh, Ryan Bowman to have big games and really soft that edge. And we figured out, I think we figured out things in the middle. If you look like Jackson Sermon has really come along and Brandon Wellington, but we'll probably see Kyler Manu, I think has been frustrating for a lot of fans to watch, but let's, he, he, I think he's shown some improvement as well. They're stacking up against some real senior leadership. Um, and, and look, I don't think there's a lot of NFL bound guys on this, but Jack Shutak, Arlington, um, Arlington Hambright, Tim Lynott, these are all seniors or last year uh, players, graduate transfers for them. Mm-hmm. Um, the tight ends are really interesting if you look at them. They're mostly used in, in blocking. So Brady Russell, he's that H-back that we talked about. He's the top catching tight end, and he averaged less than two catch per game, right? So they don't really have that. They don't really use the tight end in that way. Um, I just think overall, I'll say this on the defensive, like repeating that what Oregon State performance is just critical. If they can build upon that momentum, but it probably gave them enough confidence, and maybe they found a formula that works. I think Oregon State is probably a more potent offense than Colorado. Oh, right? yeah. And we're on another road game, mm-hmm. more time to prepare. I, th- I think we have a good shot of shutting these guys down from a defensive perspective. So four out of the last five games, Colorado was at Oregon, scored three points. At, uh, at Wazoo, scored 10 points. They scored 31 to U- against USC in a loss. At UCLA, scoring 14. And Stanford last week, winning with just 16 points. So four out of the last five games, they've been under two, two touchdowns or less. I think the Husky defense is kind of trending in the opposite direction, right? We're starting to find a mix that works, especially up front with Tryon playing like a beast. And then we're rotating a lot of an inside linebacker with guys like Ilofa Shio, who led you in tackles last week, Looks right? So or right. The last game. Um, so that's been an area that's really been hurting this team. So if they've got them answer at inside linebacker, I think that starts to solve some of their other issues. And I expect that their defense will come out and, and try to prove that this is for real. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what we're going to see. I think it's going to be more of the same. I think, uh, you know, the offense, we're going to be frustrated. I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring game. Um, over-under is 53, man. Gosh, I'd take the under on this. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it could be a low-scoring affair. I really look to the dogs to take care of this one this week. I think they are trending in the right direction. The coaching staff will get them ready. We'll, hopefully, we're talking about a win next week in anticipation of the Apple Cup. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Should we talk about the rest of the Pac-12? Let's do it. All right, here we go, man. The Pac-12 checkdown. Before we talk about that, 12-pack radio. If you want real analysis, that's where you go. Go to those guys. If you want junior varsity, you come to the right place. 
We're the JV team. <laughs> We're the JV team. Let's talk about it. All right, so all 12 teams, no teams on by this week. Everybody's playing. 12.30 ABC, it's UCLA at number 23, USC. USC favored by 14, over under is 64. USC's last game of the season, man. They finish wow. on a bye again. They're 6-2 and two in conference. We're not going to catch them this year. I mean, which is wild. They have second place virtually locked up. And look, if Utah stumbles somehow versus Zona or CU, it's SC who goes to the Pac-12 championship. UCLA at four and six. They need this win and a win against Cal to go bowling. This is the 87th meeting. All right, quiz. How many game advantage does SC have? What do you think? Oh, gosh. 80-something meeting. Uh, I'm going to say... Battle for LA. I'm going to say 30. Woo! No way. I'm going to say 46 36-34. Very, very close. SC with a 15-game advantage. A little 15. closer than I would have thought. 15. 15-game mm. 15 advantage. All right. So last year, UCLA won 34-27, to but this year, it's a different set of affairs at USC. USC favored by 14. What do you think, guys? I, I think the Trojans have actually quietly, like, yeah. Pulled it together a little bit. They're coming. They're they're coming now. We they're coming knew on. The first yeah, part of their schedule was totally overloaded, mm-hmm. and frankly, they made it through there very, very wounded. But we also knew, looking at our schedule, that it was really tough in the middle, and we made it out of there very wounded as well. Yeah. Um, but you look up, and USC six and two in the conference, and uh, you know the the, the atmosphere is not going to be very exciting. These fans want Clay Helton gone. They want him out of there. But you know that guy just. Kind of finds he's like a he's like a virus. He never truly goes away. So I kind of feel like they're going to win this one and make it really hard to fire him. Which which actually is great for us. Um, I, I I will say this: I, his players play for him, yeah. right? I mean that's certainly the case. Uh, so I think a lot of the noise is coming from outside for them. I think Absolutely, they've done a good yes. job of insulating um, that group of players. And Slovis is coming on. Right, like he's playing really well. He's played well the last uh, several games. So I, I think USC takes care of business here. Um, and uh, rivalry game, I don't want to touch fourteen. Yeah, points. that seems high. Seems I was high. just going to say that, but certainly I think USC wins this handily. I think they're in control. There we go. All right, you heard it here first. Next one, big game. It's Cal and the greatest stare off in the history of sports. Oh gosh, hundred twenty third meeting of the big game that dates back to eighteen ninety two. All nerds should be very embarrassed. Oh, from very, that stare off. The, the best stare <laughs> off. It's I, I watch that and then I turn off the game. All right, guys. So um, right now, Law Dog is a one has one point. Mitch has zero. You guys tell me who has the advantage and how many game advantage. 123rd meeting. Just give me the net. Oh, who, who has the game advantage? What do you think? It's got to be big on Stanford, I, I think. Again, um, I would say 20-game advantage by Stanford. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not cheat here and take 19, but I'll take less than that. I'm going to take okay. 12 again. Ooh, tie. 16. 16. 16. 16. Okay. All right. So, Price is right. So. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. right. Stanford has won nine in a row. This year, it's Stanford favored by just two and a half. Over under 42. And this, 65% of the cash on Stanford. What do you say about the big game, guys? This one's going to be crazy. I just feel like Cal has faded so hard since Garbers got hurt. Yeah. Uh, they looked like a like a serious team to me. I, I know we've kind of disagreed on how good they really were, but even their defense has kind of been letting them down in these last couple of weeks. I Stanford is terrible, but just David Shaw, I just feel like they're going to pull this one out. I, I, I Don't make me watch it. 
please. But uh, but I feel like Stanford wins a terrible low-scoring game. Yeah, this is going to be a massive pillow fight in an ugly game. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I think uh, Cal's fading fast. Um, and, uh, yeah, Stanford probably wins this at home. Cal 5-5. Five and five, They need to win this one or UCLA next week to go bowling. Stanford, they're staring at Notre Dame next week. Four and six, they'd have to win the next two. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. I, I do not think expect them to yeah. make it to a bowl game. Uh, UCLA is in that boat as well where they need to win two. Uh, one of those is against Cal and then one against SC. And then, of course, we're going to get to our Northwest rivals who are fighting for uh, bowl eligibility too. So it, it's a big week for these teams that want to make a bowl game. We are already qualified, so we don't need to worry about that, but there's that's something to play for for a lot of these teams. Yeah. Here we go. So next one, 430 on ABC. It's number six, Oregon at Arizona State University. This is just the 38th meeting. Okay, so this one, Law Dog, you got to start. 38th meeting, how many game lead and by who? What do you think? I'm going to go with Oregon by 10. Okay. Mitch? I was going to say Oregon by 8. That was in my mind. Oregon by three. Oh, I they was, have the same wow, thing that we really? do. I know. It's just the shock wow. of ASU. I'm telling okay. you. Oregon won by two last year. The Sun Devils won by two the year prior. I really like them getting 15 points. I just want to get out. Okay. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's yeah. great. ASU five and five. They need a win this week or in the Territorial Cup to go bowling. Oregon, a lock for the Pac-12 uh, North, but they need this to stay CFP relevant. Absolutely for sure. Probably Utah needs them to keep winning as well to stay CFP relevant. Ducks favored big this year. 14 and a half. Law Dog, you like ASU to cover. What do you think, guys? I like ASU. And also, I just want to say, we have not seen a big upset Saturday. Yeah, yeah. In any of the, any of the, you know, you usually have one of those big weekends where a lot of yeah, teams Yeah, a lot fall. of teams go down. It's yeah. not happened this year. No, mm-hmm. no. It feels like this could be the week. It's like, okay, we got 10 games of tape on you. We're going to run every play that went for 10 yards. We're going to run that on our right, offense. Right, right. You know? I just feel like ASU at home getting 15 points. Uh, you know, the, I like them to kind of hang with Oregon here, if not knock them off. I, I just, I, I'm feeling it. I don't know why. Wow. I, I hate the Ducks. That's why. This could be one of those ones, too, where Herm, the Herm Edwards experiment is panning out so far. Yeah. He yeah. knows how to, he's been around the block for a long time. Um, he could very well have these guys totally uh, coached up. Um, Oregon could certainly boat race them as well, right? But I kind of like ASU here as well, so I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I like the cover, man. I think this is going to be a good one. 6 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. This one is interesting. Beavs at the Cougs. The 104th meeting of these Pac-12 cellar dwellers. Who has the lead? Mitch, i got to start with you, buddy. How many game lead and by who at 104th meeting? 104th meeting. I would say Cougs by 15. Okay. I'm going to go Cougs by 14. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the next contestant, what a jerk. Wazoo by six. Wazoo oh, wow. by six. Closer man. than I would yeah. think. Yeah. But they recently separated this. They, only, they won the last five, so before mm-hmm. that it was quite close. Wazoo five and five and needs a win. Max Borgie guaranteed it. Did you hear that? And when has oh, guarantee really? ever gone sideways? Oh, the bees also <laughs> five and five. Look, let's be real, man. With, uh, with what's coming up next week with the Apple Cup uh, and the Civil War, this one's for a bull. Wazoo favored by 10 and a half. The over-under is a massive 75 wow. and a half. Let me just say, the Cougs playing senior night mm-hmm. at home in a night game in the freezing cold in Pullman, and then they got to get on a plane and come to Seattle. I'll take it. Yeah. I th- I, yeah. I, that's, yeah. In a six-day turnaround, I will take it. I do actually like the Cougs in the game, though. I just think that they've actually been a little bit unfortunate this year. 
I think they're probably a little bit better than their five and five record, not uh, dramatically. And I think the Beavs are probably not quite as good as their five and five record. So I, I'm just going to take the Cougs here. I'll lay the twelve because Mike Leach always finds a way to throw the ball sixty times. And I, this is going to be a bruiser. I think these two teams are going to really be banging into each other, um, and we'll see if there's uh, any uh, a hangover, I guess, uh, for the Cougs going into the Apple Cup. You know they'll be charged up, but still, like this one's going to be a cold. Kind of one of it's those gonna be a terrible night nasty games where you're you, you know we really don't want to get hit hard, but there's going to be some um, some big shots. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I do like the Cougs to to win this game though as well. I like the Beavs in this one to cover. Ah, I think it's okay. down to a single score. It might be it's a field goal, maybe, but somebody's driving towards the end um, and it's going to get stuffed. I just I think it'll be a big scoring on both sides. I don't think they have much of an answer for like both um, Jefferson, Artavis Pierce, Isaiah Hodgins. They've got a lot enough weapons at Oregon State. I like them to bounce back on this, Which, but I don't know. I think in the end, I, I, I straight up I'll pick up I'll pick Wazoo, but I do, I don't like that ten and a half. I'll would you take the over here, BT seventy five? Yeah. Um, you know, I might take that, but I yeah. think this comes down to something where it's like, you know, we're, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know if we're at, at, you know, it's in the 40s when the game finishes up on both sides. Shoot out, shoot out. I All like right. it. Very last one of the night. We're gonna, we're not gonna be watching this one because it's on at the same time as, as our dogs. 7 p.m. on FS1. It's number seven Utah at Arizona. This is the 44th meeting. Okay, here we go. We're starting with Law Dog this time. Who leads it and by how many? 44th Arizona meeting. by 16. Okay, Mitch. Whoa, 16. That's too big. Uh, Arizona by um, 8. Arizona by 8. Uh, Utah Twitter heard that, and they broke both of your Twitter accounts. <laughs> Utah by 4. Wow. Utah no with a lead really? by 4. Really? Zo- this is Arizona. Come on, stop it. <laughs> Zona has won the last three, including a 42-10 blowout in, S- in Salt Lake City last year. Zona, let's talk about this, man. You guys forget, Zona started out 4-1 and one and should have been 5-0. and oh. Yeah, with the Hawaii loss, mm-hmm. and they have not won since. Wow, I think they've been probably one of the biggest disappointments in the conference. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, seeing for them up sure. Close, I just, I, I, I think Khalil Tate. I don't know what kind of magic he caught a couple of years ago, but it just he doesn't look like a quarterback anyone should be afraid of. I, it's too bad. I mean, I feel bad for him, but I mean, they're just they're not getting it done. And I, I'm, a, you know, the Utes are gonna roll him here. I, mean, I think someone has no idea how to use him, and it may cost yeah. him his job in the end, man. Um, look, four and six, they need a win here, and to look up to bowling. I don't think they get it. Um, obviously, Utah needs a win, and they and they actually probably need some style points here, too. right? Um, Utah favored by 22 and a half. Over-under is 57. I think Utah is it, well coached, and their offense is playing really well. Yeah. I, I like them big in this game. 22 and a half, I mean, who wants to touch that? Especially on the road, but, you know, whatever. I think someone could be done pretty soon like i i mean i would not be shocked if he gets canned in this year that has not gone well and then you look across town and you see what uh edwards is doing um i I think they They, could be looking in a different direction real fast they laugh at herm edwards down there and you know damn they wouldn't trade coaches yeah Yeah. that's right that's right yeah, I think it obviously has been a tough year for them, and particularly letting, letting a weapon like Khalil Tate go to waste without seeing so much for it. Yeah. Um, I think Utah is dialed in. D- I think D- they know they need style points. And they've got the chip on their shoulders still because they're not getting the respect. Everybody, you watch the Pac-12 network, guys, and Mike Yam is talking about, oh, Oregon's headed mm-hmm. into the playoff. They're, right. they're acting like Utah is just a step uh, on the Ducks' pond on the way to uh, the playoff. And, man, they, uh, you're giving them all the ammo they need right. to go out there and play 
with a chip on their shoulder. I, I like Utah the rest of the way. I'm going to call them to win out, guys. Yeah, and Ooh, win I the love basketball it. championship game against the Ducks. I, I mean, I, they got a they got a game changer with Moss and. Uh, Huntley's played much, much better, um, making good decisions, right? Um, he looks like a totally different quarterback, right, than what we've seen in, in the past. And, um, yeah, I, I, their defense is really solid. They got, um, what is it, Blackman, their uh, um, DB, safety, yeah. their DB. Um, dude, they, they are going to crush Arizona. And I think I, as long I mean, close. And, until they face a team that has six, five athletic receivers of the Pittmans and Amon Ross St. Right, Browns, who, right. who are going to give them trouble on the corners. Um, and they're not going to face that through the rest of the schedule. That to me is the only thing that we saw is, is like a weakness, a weakness yep. for them that, that they had a trouble. That SC exploited. Yeah, right. that SC exploited too in a short week. But it's going to be interesting, guys. A big one this week against Colorado. Can we get that win? Yeah, let's get it. Let's finish eight and four, BT. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's tack on another one of the bull. Nine and four. Go dogs. Go dogs. Woof. <laughs>